0: The professional's choice. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the HVAC Know It All podcast. One of my favorite things about hosting this podcast is talking to technicians. Because technicians, we are the bread and butter, the meat and potatoes, whatever cliche you want to use, of the industry. We're the ones knocking on the doors rolling around in the crawl spaces, crawling around in the attics, walking through the snow, working the late hours, sweating, sweating our you-know-what's-off when it's 110 degrees outside, 120 degrees outside, if you're in places like Arizona. That's us. We're the ones doing that stuff. We're on the front lines of the industry. So I love talking to other technicians about what they do and get their story. Today I'm talking to a technician. He's 23 years old. His name is Chase Jot. I came across Chase because he constantly is commenting, asking questions within HVAC Hub, the Facebook group I admin. Now I've been impressed with the amount of the amount of questions and the amount of posting he does because through all of this he's trying to learn and he's trying to better himself. So I'm like, hey man, I got to talk to this guy on the podcast because I enjoy the fact that he's such a young guy and he's putting so much much of his time and effort into learning and using all the references that's at his fingertips to do so. So Chase is coming up on the podcast. We're going to interview Chase. You're going to get to know him, what he's all about. This is the HVAC Know It All Podcast. I'm your host, Gary McCready. This segment of the podcast is brought to you by Harago. A trades-only platform helping you find the right job or the right candidate. Harago.com. Best in trade. What's up, Chase? How's it going, man?
1: It's going pretty well. Just doing some startups right now.
0: Cool, cool. So let's just break this down for everybody listening. Uh, I know that you're part of HVAC Hub on Facebook, the group i admin, and I see you posting there a lot, asking questions, Mm -hmm. uh, posting your jobs, and just being present and i really enjoy that aspect because it it shows me that you're trying to learn and you want to be involved in the trade more and 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 be Mm -hmm. involved as much as possible and you're a young dude which impresses me even more because a lot of young like how old are you
1: i'm 23
0: 23 okay so a lot of 23 year olds don't really have it in them to to want to be better at what they're doing currently they want to just hang out, party, play video games. And so I really commend you for trying to uh, be upfront and center with what you're doing and trying to learn as much as, as possible. And that's the reason I wanted to talk to you uh, because you are a young guy in the trade and you probably see things differently than a lot of other people do that have been in the trade for a while, like like me, <laughs> like, like, 22, yeah. like 22 years. You probably see things a lot differently than I do um, because of your age and because of your experience level. So I just wanted to have a quick conversation with you regarding that stuff. Is that cool with you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's fun. So I want to know how you got started in the trade. First
1: of all. So, um, growing up, I was, I had no idea what I was doing. I was about 14, 15. Um, I've had random people in my life, just like neighbors and whatnot. I, about two or three people probably recommended that I get into a trade. And what I really wanted to be an architect. That was like one of my main focus. I was just, I would do a bunch of research even when I was even younger than that, I would drop like random plans for fun pretty much. And then um, growing up, I looked at what my school had to offer and they had a couple of different programs like carpentry. And one of them was HVAC my original plan was to do HVAC, then go to school for carpentry, and then eventually architecture. And in school, I just fell in love with HVAC. Like I've, it challenges me every day. No two jobs are the same, and it, it's just so much fun. And especially like as I'm in commercial right now, just seeing how everything's put together, how thought out and planned it can be, I guess I, I should say, it's just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah. So I've, I've had a lot of fun on jobs in, in the trade and what I, what I find is the most fun for me. And you can, you can give me um, your thoughts on what you take the most pride or, or what you get the most from. But for me is like, I, I rotate around basically the same buildings all the time. And I I know those buildings like the back of my hand, and the days are smoother because I know them like the back of my hand. It's not like going into a brand new building and trying to find all the all the breakers and everything, and you know what I mean. So it, it's I got a good handle on my buildings, but when I get a call that's not at one of my buildings, I am like, oh my god, I I can't I can't wait to get there because it's new, right? And it's exciting. And the fact that you said that no two jobs are the same means that you you have a, a large variety um, out there to pick from. Which, which is cool. So what, for you, what do you like most? Like what is the most, you said fun. So what is the most fun for you to do within the trade?
1: Um, I would say when I start getting, because I, I do a lot of um, refrigeration, I do a little bit of hot side or a lot of hot side. Um, but what I find the most fun is when I start working on like the bigger 20, 30, 40 ton um, package units. When I start getting stuff on that, and I've worked on one chiller, but I it was I don't I don't remember the tonnage. I think it was like a five or six ton. It was just working, um, cooling down some equipment, and it's just when you start getting into the more complicated stuff where you have to actually sit down, go through the um, the technical guide. It, it's just I love doing that. that that's why just learning how everything works and more on the control side is what, um, excites me.
0: So you would, thats kind of, kind of like me too. So you like to problem solve. You like to figure something out, uh, that has an issue and take whatever references you have available and solve the problem, right? You you enjoy that stuff. Yeah, exactly. Cool, man. So you told me a story, um, through texting and if you want to tell that story again, just kind of, how the last couple years of your HVAC life kind of progressed? Are you cool with telling that story on the podcast? I know
1: it's fun. So I started out with a small mom and pop company um, out of Atlanta, and it was okay. My boss, he micromanaged me, and that—that's something I don't deal well with. Like, I learn the best when you just put throw me out there. Let me figure it out myself. That's the best way I learned. And he was just on top of every single thing I did. And with me and him being the only two people in the company, it was very easy for him to do that. And for the first six months, I just rode around with him. And then after six months, I was running my own band. And I was there for a little over a year. And then I eventually moved on to um, a larger company in the Atlanta area and they were very sales based, and that that's something that I didn't really like too much. I got I'm quite good at sell- selling, but that's not something I like to focus on. And I only sold stuff that I believed in myself, like the um, UV lights and the uh, Eco Bee thermostat. Per- personally, I absolutely love it. I used to have it in my old house, and it's something that I stand by. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that was pretty nice, and then. Once I got fired from there because of my driving record, and that, that's one thing I messed up is I just, I like, I have a heavy foot. So i uh, getting fired from there. I started looking for another company and then find out that no one will hire me because of my driving record. So I found another company in Atlanta that would hire me and I was just doing install with them. And I did that for about six months. I applied anywhere between ten to fifteen different companies, and I interviewed, got accepted at about six or seven of them, and then they all told me never mind because their insurance just plain out said no, we're not letting him drive our van. So the current company I'm at right now, I'm back on service. I'm having a lot of fun doing service, and I'm actually not even insured to drive this van, <laughs> it, but. I'm happy like I'm still a profitable tech for him and our company right now it's just me and another technician and then we have one installer and we do every we have one um contract with this client and they have I would say like 30 plus stores or restaurants that we run and then we have a couple other ones as well and like I go, I was just in Alabama today and right now I'm back in Atlanta doing some startups and I'm just all over the place. And with us only having the two technicians, he he really needed help. And I'm glad I was able to bring that help. And it, it's been a fun ride for the past three months. And especially just being a strictly residential like commercial technician going straight into commercial and industrial like 4 months ago I've never even touched a cooler. I've never touched a grill, a fryer, any of that. And then coming into this, it it's with the way how short staffed we are, pretty much just got thrown in a truck and told to go fix stuff. So, it was a huge learning curve. That every time I walk up onto a new piece of equipment I don't I've never seen before, I immediately Google the uh model number, find the um the a booklet on it and just do research on it, figure out how it works. Sometimes I even ask the cooks like, Hey, how do you turn this grill on so I can fix it?
0: I have (laughs) no problem. I I got no problem with asking questions like that. If you don't know, you might as well ask because if you Mm -hmm. don't ask, you could end up damaging something, hurting yourself, hurting somebody else. And never, never, never for anybody (laughs) listening, don't ever feel dumb asking a question where you do not know the answer. It's if you want to pretend, you know it, and and act like you're smarter than you are uh, eventually that's going to come back to bite you in the ass so never swallow your pride and always ask the questions you think are stupid questions i gotta ask you did you say and sorry i i just gotta ask because i'm pretty sure that you said you're not insured in the van you're driving so are you afraid of getting pulled over and what might happen to you if that
1: well the van has insurance on it okay so it is legal for me to drive it. I'm uh, okay. just not on that insurance.
0: Okay. okay, gotcha. I I wanted to um to ask you more about that, but uh, I, I I won't just because of the situation. But I get a lot of um questions. I shouldn't say a lot, but a fair amount of questions from people that have driving records where they can't get hired, and uh, hmm. they they always ask me like, "What should I do? No one will hire me," and I'm like, "Well." Man, I, I really don't know the answer to that. I put your head down. Maybe apply to a place where you can get into a truck with a guy, and do it for a reduced rate or something like that. Say, look, your rate, you pay your guys twenty bucks, pay me fourteen. I'll sit in the van with a guy and I'll show you what I can do. And when my record is, when my driving record's clean, you're gonna hire me on for for more than than what you're paying me now. Or I I don't know. That's, that that was just an example. I use, but we'll get on to, uh, we'll get on. That's
1: pretty much where I'm at right now. Um, because those six or seven companies uh, told me that they would hire me. Um, it was ranging anywhere from 18 to $30 an hour and plus commission benefits, all that on top of that. Mm -hmm. And then doing commercial, I don't like, I've talked money maybe three times and that's all I do is call the office, tell them what I did. And then I write it down, collect the check, yeah. those three times. So mm-hmm. I'm I'm not really making commission doing this. So right now I'm making eighteen an hour. It's on the low side. I wish I was making more. Uh, my boss was talking about um, giving giving me a raise here soon. So I'm hoping to see that pretty soon. So
0: I mean, eighteen bucks an hour for a twenty three year old. I mean, that's not too bad right now. I mean you you can tear up over the next two three years and you could be making some some much more dough by the time you know it. So, I mean, just stick
1: with it. Oh yeah, 100%.
0: Yeah, just stick with it. Oh, excuse me. I think (laughs) so my lunch just came up in the form of gas there. Uh, (laughs) um, So listen, um, what was I going to ask you next? Diagrams, wiring diagrams. So you're a young guy and a lot of people struggle with diagrams, wiring diagrams. How do you, just some advice for other people that are coming up through the trade that have similar experience or less, how do you attack a wiring diagram, um, to read it? I mean, can you understand them fully or do you struggle with them? Yeah. It? Yeah. Okay. So what, I, h- what I, is your approach to understanding them or how did you start so to understand
1: them? Something my instructor always said is follow the yellow brick road. Um, like you just start from the beginning and go from there because, and you have to know the basics of electricity. That was one thing. Like I, I just, I got electricity. It's something I picked up very fast when I was in school. And my teacher also commoderated me for that. Like he thought that I picked it up extremely fast and was able to figure it out. The refrigeration side is something that took me a little bit longer to learn. But the electricity, I just got it like right away. Mm -hmm. And what you said, follow the
0: yellow brick road. I totally agree with that. I always just, when I started learning them, I put my finger, if it was like W1, put my finger right on the W1 terminal at the thermostat and just follow it. And then every time I get to a component that was labeled, I'd go to the legend and I'd read what that component was. And I'd be like, okay. And and I wouldn't move on until I understand what that component was. And then I would start moving my finger along again. And that was the way I learned. And I mean, it was some advice I got from from my service manager at the time. He's like, yeah, I just, when you get to a call, just pull the panel off and stare at the diagram for, like, have a couple smokes because he smoked. He's like, I always used to have a couple smokes and just look at the diagram while I I had my two smokes. And then I would would tackle the service call. So I started taking that approach of pulling every panel off and looking at the diagram before I got into any type of troubleshooting. And then um, over time, it happened really quick. You start to really understand them because it's just like a a six-year-old trying to read a book. Because I, I, yeah. I have a seven-year-old that's, that reads, um, but he's getting better every night because we make him pick up a book every night and, and read a chapter or a few pages, and every week he progresses. And if you don't do that, I mean, you're never going to progress in reading wiring diagrams, right?
1: Yeah, that is very true.
0: So you said the refrigeration side you struggled with a bit. What did you struggle with specifically on the refrigeration side?
1: when i just i would walk up to a system i would get intimidated by it i would put it up on some pedestal and be freaked out by every little thing and then after i'm just now starting to get the hang of it and same with ice machines that was the struggle um i just have to sit back and go through the diagram like um just like three days ago me and my helper we um we tore apart these two ice machines and cleaned them, and then when we put them back together, one of them wasn't working. It would go through the regular cycle, and what it was doing, even when um, the bin was empty of water, it would go and start filling up with water, then go through the defrost cycle or the harvest cycle, then go into the um, fill it up, then freeze, and then it would stay in the freeze cycle. Even after the bin empties of water, and I googled up the manual, saw what the exact process of it, what it does to go out of the freeze cycle and go into the um, the harvest cycle, and I saw that it after five minutes it goes to the um, the float, and I saw that I took I took the float off, I owned it out, and I hit the float a couple times, and it just stayed um, off. And I wiggled the wire around, and then my home um, rating was jumping all, all over the place, and I saw, okay, we have a bad float. And it, it's just, I need to slow down and really look at everything and not just freak out because it's something new.
0: XoY's vision platform, guys, it is the future of tech support, 100%. They got YouTube videos on showing how the platform works and operates and all that, so I suggest you go to YouTube, search XOI Technologies. You can watch them. 30-day free demo. All we need is two techs from any company to try it out. 30 days for free. If you sign up, you get a $500 cash reward, okay? So XOI Technologies, Vision Platform, the future of tech support in my mind. It's going places. Yellow Jackets pick for seals, okay, host seals. That tool is phenomenal for getting hard, compressed, crunched in seals out. Did a little video and posted it. Um, I did the video a while back, but I posted it again. Somebody said, what's the purpose of the nylog inside? Well, I put the nylog inside because it kind of helps keep that seal lubricated and it prevents it from drying out and it it keeps spinning within, like when you're tightening down the, uh, the hose to the fitting, that seal will kind of spin with it it won't bind i find and it will kind of keep it lasting a little bit longer and prevent it from drying out like i said navac guys nrdd recovery machine it is the fastest recovery machine on the planet i've used the thing is like the kids say it's sick the thing really is it's it's awesome it's a great recovery machine so if you're in the market for one nrdd Buy NAVAC. Check that stuff out. Very, very good. Very good quality machine. All right, so True Tech Tools, guys. I want to remind you that AC Smart Seal, um, Cool Air Products in general, 8% off at TrueTech Tools, along with a whole bunch of other stuff. Now, the product that I demoed recently, the Chinook Filter Cleaner, I've seen some emails going back and forth. There is... Uh, a grower cannabis grower out in bc british columbia in canada that has purchased from what i understand a case of chinook to clean the filters in their facility in the cannabis growing facility so word is spreading and people are using that's not something i didn't even think of to be honest with you is using it on in in a grow room I didn't even think of that when I was demoing the product, but it looks like these people have purchased it and they're going to be using it in their facility, which is very, very cool. So 8% off of that stuff at True Tech Tools and other stuff within the store as always, guys. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a, a problem a lot of technicians, even technicians that have been in the, the game for a while. They get to a freak out stage. And when they freak mm-hmm. out, they don't think. And when you don't think, you just get yourself into more and more trouble. Um, I know this one tech, uh, he went to a call and I was off. This was one of my buildings and he pulled a bunch of wires off of everything, um, contactors, all that, because there was a a, a, a breaker that was tripping. Um, and mm-hmm. he left it and then I had to return to go back to, uh, to, to figure out what the problem was. And what I found was it was very simple. He didn't have to pull anything apart to find this problem. And I've talked about this on my podcast, uh, on social media, lots of times was carbon track contactors. You can look at the top of the contactor, you can see the terminals are melted and a track of dust or carbon back to the panel. Um, mm-hmm. and as soon as the, th- there was any moisture in the air, uh, the moisture would embed itself in that track and boom blow the breaker, and it was a very. It's it, to the untrained eye, it's hard to catch. But if you if you keep on top of that stuff with your education and all that, you can you can find it without even pulling out your meter. um Yeah, you know you, you know what I mean. And he pulled all the wires apart and left this big bundle of wires in the blower section for me to put all back to, together. But I mean, he hadn't experienced that yet, so. I mean, but that's the thing. You just, you can't get excited and you just need to stop, take a breath and just think and do everything methodically. If, if you have a, a method to your, your approach, you, you will never go wrong because if you follow that method or the formula that you've created for yourself while troubleshooting, you'll never go wrong. If you stray away from that, that line, that method, if you stray away from it, then yeah, you could get caught up in a mess. And I, 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 I say just focus and stay within your, your methodical approach to troubleshooting and you should be fine. So next question for you, you're a young guy. Do you enjoy digital tools and apps and all that? Or do you have like an old school mindset where you like to use like compound gauges and, and analog tools and stuff?
1: I have my uh, backup analog gauges, but actually yesterday I just picked up my new field piece, uh, the JobLink probes. I have the yellow jacket, those uh, touchscreen gauges. I I love the digital tools because I feel like they're more accurate. I can get a better reading and a better scope of the system Mm -hmm. when I'm able to bring everything up right up on my phone.
0: Yep. Yep. I totally agree with you. Uh, I actually just put out a post uh, not too long ago about digital being my, my go-to, but I think that every tech should have a set of compound. I say compound gauge because do you know the difference between compound and analog? No, I do not. Well, analog is, is a gauge with a needle on it. Um, but compound Mm. gauge actually can go in, in positive and negative. You know what I mean? So, Uh, so like a suction gauge, you you see that it, the, the, the needles on zero. Um, it can go in a positive, but can go it can go in a negative as well because it's got the scale for the vacuum. And yeah. if you actually look at the discharge gauge on most sets, I mean, I've only used a couple different brands myself for for uh, compound gauges. But even though the scale starts at zero on the discharge gauge, the needle in a vacuum actually still goes backwards. So if if the if that sticker or or scale in behind that needle had went back into inches of mercury, you'd be able to read it. So that's a difference between just straight up analog and compound is compound can read in a vacuum or in, in okay. a, in a negative anyway. So you like the, you like the digital age stuff and um, that's cool. Cause cause I like it too. And about three, four years ago, I was very skeptical of digital stuff. Like why would anybody um, need to spend $600 on a manifold, a digital manifold, but I'm seeing a lot of advantages by having a digital manifold and the fact that it can connect to an app and you can get reporting and email the stuff to people. Um, you know what I mean? For startup for commissioning, that is, that is huge. Or for a customer that is skeptical and, and needs, um, information and proof about everything before they spend money, you can show them, Mm -hmm. right? You can send them a professional email showing that the readings of that system for that particular day and that time when they were having an issue. So,
1: mm-hmm. and so. I, I was um, looking at all the products that measure quick has, and I saw that they have like a little receipt thing that prints out receipts, just like you'd seen any restaurant or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're, I, you're able to print out an entire report of the pressures, the supply return, um, outdoor air temperature, everything. And I, I thought that was absolutely amazing because right now at my company, when I do a maintenance, I have about five hours of paperwork when I'm done, um, that I have to do and having something like that, where I could just quickly transfer over the numbers or try and convince my boss to just accept that instead of the paperwork to send off to our clients. Yeah, which that I thought that would be absolutely amazing to have because I cannot stand paperwork. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I'm I'm not a fan of paper. I mean, anything anything that you can automate in your life, I mean, it's a smart thing to do. I know technology sometimes has its bugs and its blips and stuff like that, but it just keeps getting better and better and better all the time, and and that's why I'm on board with with companies like House Call Pro and XoY Technologies and stuff. They're they're they are the now, but in the future they're going to be huge um mm-hmm. players in the game because everybody wants to get rid of I don't even like like I have a quarter in my kitchen with like bills shoved in this like little organizer thing <laughs> and it's like every 6 months you have to go through it and clean it out because they're they're starting to pile up in there and it looks it looks horrendous and I'm like can't we yeah, just I... call all of these companies and get our bills on uh, on like online like sent to us via email like it would be so much easier
1: mm mm-hmm. mhm And then you can easily put it in a file into your email and have everything you can pull it up in two seconds. But with all the paperwork, you mindless hours, just searching for one little thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But some of my bills are actually online, but not all of them. And I got to switch that over. But so the other question is the avenues that you use to continuously educate yourself because, um, Social media is one of them and I've and I've done a podcast on this and I've talked about it numerous times that social media is, is a valuable tool if used correctly to educate yourself. Not not to fully educate your like you can't become an HVAC tech by hopping on HVAC hub and just reading posts. You can't <laughs> you know what I mean? You're not you're <laughs> not gonna be a full fledged HVAC technician, but you can definitely supplement your education by reading and asking questions and making comments and stuff like that. So what other avenues um, do you use to continuously educate yourself?
1: Um, I, every time I go to the supply house, I always pick up one of like whatever classes they're um, having. I always bring that up to my boss and my boss will actually pay me for going to those classes. And when I'm just like, I drive all of us, all the technicians in this industry, I feel like we drive for at least three hours a day if not more and then I instead of listening to music from call to call I'm listening to podcasts um like uh Brian Orr's podcast I I actually looked in the Stitcher app and it was like 96 hours that I listened to of his and you uh brought up yours so I decided to start listening to yours and you even like you saw that I watched like four or five of them and then messaged me like oh wow you're actually doing something like this and thought that was crazy like i just i'm constantly on facebook going through different posts and like hvac hub and different groups just trying to learn and get better at what i do because with if i don't get better then i'm just going to stay stagnant and if i'm just stagnant i'm not going to make more money i'm not going to be able to provide for my family
0: so i hope that when you're my age like i'm 40 i hope when you're 40 you still have the same mindset because a lot of techs when they get to, not even, even earlier, a lot of techs, once they, they, they learn what they need to know to perform their duties in the trade and they get their license because some states, provinces, wherever you are, it's all different. Um, once, once some techs get to the level where they don't need to accumulate any more licensing to actually perform their job, they're like, that's it, man. Like they, they just, their method is their method. Their way is their way. The way they were taught was the way they were taught, and they, they they stay there. They don't want to advance their thinking or their approach ever. And I know a lot of texts like that. And it's very frustrating to talk to somebody that is so stale and so hard headed and so close minded that it doesn't matter what you say to them. <laughs> you can never you can never get through because they don't want to get you don't they don't want you to get through to them, basically is what it is.
1: Yeah, that is very true. And um you were talking about the um digital gauges and all that. Like I I feel like yes they are an amazing tool. And I've talked to a lot of older technicians, old school you might say, and all they say is all you need is a pair of analog gauges and a, a PT chart. And yeah, I agree. I can do my job just as well with that as with all these digital gauges, but it makes it easier for me going yeah. through all this. And I, I feel like, yes, it is good, but in other sense, it can be bad because a lot of people use it as a crutch. And like my first gauges, they were um, the S-Man 360 or whatever, the old ones um, that had the temperature, the K-type probe that I plugged into the front and I I use them as a crutch. I like I barely knew what I was doing. I didn't really understand superheat and subcool when I was first in the trade and now I understand like when I'm in a room the air around me is superheated. If I'm swimming in a pool it's subcooled.
0: Yeah, yeah the moisture. Yeah for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um so where are you now? You said you're doing startups?
1: Yeah, I'm uh, doing a startup. I have like three different um, walk-in coolers that I'm doing the startup on.
0: Cool, man. So, uh, and and you're out of the Atlanta area, right?
1: Hmm.
0: Okay. So yeah, I'm
1: over in Smyrna right
0: now. Oh, so what? What's it like? Like, what's the market like there for HVAC companies? Or do you guys have a high demand for technicians?
1: And. Dang during the summer and the workload is like, you'll see companies pop up left and right for the summer. And it's just, there's so much work. There's so much money to be made. And at least when you're on the residential side, like that's, that's your time of year. And then in the winter, it slows down. Um, from what I've seen and what my boss has told me doing the commercial side and doing, um, working with a lot of restaurants, we're not going to slow down because of all the um, coolers and um, stoves and ovens and everything and the fryers. It always breaks. And it really, like, when you're going into these places, it's not the best of the best that's working there. We have, like, they're 15-year-old teenagers that make $7 an hour, and they're breaking everything they touch, you know. So we're constantly running to all these stores and fixing it.
0: Cool. So, yeah, that's why I asked you because I wanted to get a handle of – kind of how because I talked to so many people around Mm -hmm. North America even Europe and Australia about about their day-to-day and their slow seasons and all that so I just being where you are I just wanted to get a handle on when the when it was busy when it was slow and and I'm glad you said that because about having the restaurants as kind of like auxiliary work because when things do slow down it's always good to have stuff that or equipment that needs to be serviced constantly Uh, Mm -hmm. fortunately for where I am Toronto. It's I'm telling you right now, it's probably one of the best cities in the world to do HVAC because it's hot and humid in the summer and it's cold. Like it's damn cold in the winter time, right? We, we have some, we have some, Yeah, oh yeah, we have some, some days that are, and do you remember, I think it was last winter. You remember how, Chicago, there's a lot of videos coming out of Chicago where it was like minus 40, and people were chucking like jeans up in the air and they were freezing and then landing like hard on, onto the ground, yeah, and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah so, I do I mean, that. We, we experience that stuff like that all, all the time here. I, I we're not as far north as, um, like believe it or not, Toronto is actually more south than about 25% of the US if you look on a map, mm-hmm. but we still get really cold winters and hot and humid summers. And we're busy all year round. We have a slow period, usually in September ish, it kind of slows down. And maybe around March, it slows down because there's shoulder seasons. Uh, but having. Is that
1: by um, like Detroit and New York and all that right there?
0: Yeah. Do you know where Buffalo is? Niagara Falls?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm actually from Pennsylvania. Okay.
0: So, yeah. So, Toronto is like across Lake Ontario, it's like an hour boat ride if, or, or an hour and a half around from, from Buffalo pretty much just North of it. Okay. So, I mean, best of both worlds, but we also have in our company, we take take care of a lot of server rooms, pharmaceutical stuff and all that kind of, kind of jazz where it fills in the slow times. Right. And, uh, it's, it's good to have those. So if you're a company out there listening to this, an owner or whatever, and, having these supplemental buildings commercial wise that don't require heating or cooling, but require something else out of that scope or, or I guess pharmaceutical and server rooms, they're called critical environments. So anything that's critical, like you said, a freezer or a walk-in cooler for a restaurant, that's critical, man. Those go down. Mm -hmm. You could lose thousands in food. Um, They could lose thousands in revenue from the restaurant closing down because they have no food to provide people. So critical environments and critical situations like that is good to have to keep you busy. The only downfall is they can pull you out of bed at two in the morning. That's the only downfall of that stuff.
1: That that's what I was thinking when you were saying that. It's like yeah, it, it's nice to have year-round work, but when they call, you go. There is no hey, "let's just put it off till tomorrow." Like you get in residential, no, you go right then because if you don't go, someone else will, and you're going to lose money, and they're losing money by you not going. Exactly. Cool, man.
0: Well, listen, I uh, I appreciate you getting on the phone with me. I just wanted to pick your brain as. Like I see, I keep saying it. You're a young kid, but you, relative to a lot of people in the in the trade, you are. And I've been very impressed with your um, your aptitude, the the way you want to continue to learn and and get better. So, I mean, that's why I wanted to get you on the phone and do a quick interview with you. So, I appreciate it
1: yeah thank you I appreciate it and um, I think it's kind of funny the client one of our main clients the one I'm actually at right now their nickname corporate's nickname for me is the kid they love me because I fix pretty much everything for them but they call me the kid
0: <laughs> well maybe maybe you'll go from the kid to the man in a few years yeah.
1: that would be pretty cool <laughs> <laughs>
0: So I wanted to end the podcast on the chuckles because it made me smile listening to the laughter. And, you know, I got to thank Chase for taking time out of his day to get with me on the podcast. That was very cool of him to do so. So I wanted to end on the laughter too because positivity is a very strong thing. It's, it snowballs. And laughter is positive in my mind. As long as we're not laughing at, at each other in a negative way. Now we were having a laugh. Um, because Chase, one day, he'll be the man. I'm telling you that right now. Maybe his nickname is the kid, but he will be the man one day because he's not giving up the learning. Young techs, you could use Chase as a role model because he's using all the references at his at his foot to learn and continue to learn. Techs that are 40, 50, 60, you guys should be doing the same. Don't get stale. Don't get caught up in the old ways, just because it's the old ways and you're used to them, it's okay to advance your thinking and open your mind a little bit. It really, really is. So anyway, Chase, thank you very much for getting on the podcast. We'll do this again one day. I hope. Anyway, guys, I'm out. Happy HVACing.